the simplicity of the routine, following the same patterns each day, restraining speech and engagement. These are all skillful means to help the whole system, the, the body, the mind, this living complex to calm down. to establish a, a quality of easefulness, stability. So with the body relaxed, the mind relaxed, life as simple and rhythmic as possible, all of this goes to support the quality of focus, attending to the present reality. If the body is relaxed, the mind's relaxed, the heart is free of remorse, the Buddha made it clear that there's no need to think, may my mind be concentrated, because if the heart is free of remorse, the body's relaxed, the mind is relaxed, if there's a quality of contentment and ease, then you're comfortable where you are. The mind isn't being caused to chase after agitations. Just like if you're happy to be at Amravati, you're not thinking about going other places. So in exactly the same way. If the heart is comfortable in this moment, this present experience, the causes are not there to create agitation, distraction. So we use the simplicity of the routine qualities of restraint in speech and action to support easefulness, contentment. And then on that basis, it's not so difficult to establish samadhi, collectedness, concentration. Well, speaking in this way, it's also good to recollect the encouragement to not base effort and intention upon self-view. Like, I need to be more at ease. I'm getting really concentrated. I need to get rid of my distractions. To notice those habits of eye-making and mind-making, leave them aside, and let the guidance towards steadiness, easefulness, collectedness, let that all come from mindfulness and wisdom, satipanya. Let that be the driving force, the integrative force, rather than me trying to get something or be something, me trying to get rid of something. There's no me involved in the path of cultivation of Dhamma. Dhamma no Dhamma Patipada. Practicing Dhamma in accordance with Dhamma doesn't involve I or me or mine. So as the system settles, steadies, the heart is more at home in this present reality, this extremely ordinary day, this 
grey, soggy October Thursday morning, completely average, utterly unique. Here it is, this completely unique present reality. It's like this. No need to go anywhere, no need to get anything, no need to get rid of anything. Here it is. And to support that quality of settledness, steadiness, then we can easily take a meditation object, the rhythm of the breathing, the rhythm of our footsteps, listening to the inner sound, the nada, to strengthen the quality of steadiness, of attention. It's quite appropriate, helpful to use these particular perceptions, the feet on the ground, listening to the, the inner vibration, the inner sound of nada, feeling the rhythm of the breath, these perceptions can help support that quality of steadiness of attention, the heart resting here, open to this current reality, this present reality. It's not skillful to think in terms of a, a concentration object being a, an intrusion or a, a burden, these perceptions are here already. The feelings of the body, the rhythm of the breath, the inner sound, the force of gravity between our feet and the earth. It's already here. These perceptions are not an intrusion. Focusing upon those, those perceptions are not a, a kind of unwished for burden upon the heart, uh, as if we are forced to concentrate on a thing in order to get to the development of insight. No, just these are simply patterns of perception that are already here, that the attention can rest upon to strengthen that quality of focus, stability. In this way, concentration or development of that fineness of attention, it works perfectly together with the development of insight. It's not like one has to end before the other begins. They work together and part of the same complex, the same set of processes. In the same teaching, the Buddha said, if the heart is concentrated, if there is samadhi, collectedness, there's no need to think. May knowledge and vision of the way things are arise in the mind. Yata bhutang jnana dasanam. So it's in accordance with nature. It's completely natural. If there's a quality of collectedness, 
such insight, such knowledge and vision will arise. Like a self-focusing camera, once the camera is held steady, then the lens focuses itself, works it out itself. Our wisdom faculty is exactly the same way. Once there's enough steadiness, attentiveness, grounded in the present reality, then that inquisitive, reflective quality operates. The cultivation of insight, vipassana, is to explore the very fabric of experience itself. What is this experience made up of? How is it compounded, composed? We use the reflections upon anicca, dukkha, anatta, uncertainty, unsatisfactoriness, not self, as a way of supporting that quality of investigation, exploration, deconstructing the process of experiencing. How is this all put together? Anicca, dukkha, anatta are not a set of beliefs, but a toolkit to unpick the fabric of this present moment experience, to see how it's put together. And fundamentally, how not to take it personally, to deconstruct the eye-making and mind-making habit. So it's not eye-making, not mind-making. Seeing how those selfing processes are put together, how they're empty, there's no real thing there. It's like we take the parts of a, a wheelbarrow or a car or a, a chariot in the time of the Buddha, put them together and say chariot or cart. There's no essential cartness in the wood of the wheel, in the metal of the, of the rims or the, the axle between the wheels, the bed of the cart, walls, they're just pieces of wood, metal, plastic, glass, put together we say car, we say wheelbarrow, we say cart or chariot, but there's no essential thingness in any part. So we apply the same principle to this very body, this life. Our thoughts, our memories, our bones, our blood, our teeth, our breath, our decisions, our choices, applying the reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta, it's seen that it's a, uh, a trick of the light, like a conjuring trick that makes it seem as though there's an independent individual person here 
In the same teaching, the Buddha said how in one in whom the knowledge and vision of the way things are arises, there's no need for them to think, may I let go? May I become dispassionate, detached, disentangled? So it's completely natural when the heart sees the way things are, there's letting go, disentanglement, dispassion. No thing really exists, so how could it be held? And who is there to hold on to it anyway? The heart perceives this flow of perceptions. It knows this flow of feelings, mental images, sensations, patterns, flowing together, forming temporary structures that don't sit still for a moment and they dissolve, change. We call this my life, my mind. But this which knows those flowing patterns is not limited by those, it's not bound by those, not identified with the patterns that this quality experiences, that it knows. This which knows the person is not a person. This is the essence of insight meditation, the essence of letting go. It's, it's not really letting go, it's recognizing that no thing could ever be held in the first place. And the result of that recognition, that realization of non-ownership, non-possessiveness, is an unburdening of the heart. Limitless, spacious. The heart is unbound, boundless, unburdened. So as the practice of insight is developed, as a steady recognition of the density the heaviness of the habits of attachment. I think, I remember, I like, I dislike, I want, I regret. I have, I haven't. So many areas of identification and attachment. The body, the personality, just for starters. But as the development of insight deepens and strengthens, then the mind challenges its attachments to time, the ideas of past and future, even a, a present that is a little, uh, a little line between a vast past and a vast future. No yesterday, no tomorrow, no today. Letting go of location, the sense of here-ness, me being in a place, in three-dimensional in three space, this spot. Seeing that three-dimensional space only applies to rupakanda, in the realm of mind, place doesn't apply. We have this opportunity to deepen these insights, this 
clarity of vision, to let go of identity, time, location, concept, language, even numbers. To let go of the perceptions of agency, I do, I choose, All these different dimensions of selfing, the way the mind creates the world. And notice the change of heart when in that instant, time is let go of, place is let go of, identity is let go of. What's the quality of the heart when that non-entanglement is realized? Non-identification. In this moment of subjectless, objectless awareness, what's its quality? How is this? Let the spaciousness, the ease, the natural delightfulness, simplicity of that, let that speak for itself. You don't have to write a poem about it, you don't have to remember it. Don't have to hang on to it. Let it be known. Let it have its own effect on the jitta. The heart knows its own home. Knows its own nature. Let that speak for itself. 